Hello, America. It's Friday. This is the Glenn Beck Program. My pronouns are me, myself, and I, or I, me, and my. But I know that's first-person pronoun, but I am one of the first peoples. Uh, and there's no discussion on that. I have the genetic testing on that. So I don't think that's the way it works exactly. Yeah, it does. Like, uh, first person, first person, first peoples, uh, Native Americans. That's the way it works. Oh, so I would not be able to say me, myself. No, you have I. to say, actually, you, because you're a conservative white man, you are third person. So you have to say like them, they, and uh, and there. But you get to say me, myself, and I. Yes. Because you're a yeah. Native American. I don't know what Bill O'Reilly's pronouns are, but welcome to the program, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Hmm. You guys are babbling this morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're... You know, no, you, what I'm, are your I'm pronouns? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put it all together, but... What, um, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are... I have a new book out called The United States of Trump. <laughs> That's not a pronoun. That's, oh, those aren't pronouns. No wonder I failed English. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bill O'Reilly, welcome to the program. Yes. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Where Thank would you. you like to start? We can talk about the CNN show that nobody watched, but it was yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could start with the uh, impeachment, the latest updates on that. Uh, where would you like to start? Um, I've been watching Donald Trump very closely for the past two weeks um, as a uh, human being, not a politician. Mm -hmm. All right. That's where I want to start. And uh, I haven't talked about this even on BillOReilly.com. I have the first first mention of this. We'll alert the press. This is an exclusive. Well, the press will ignore you if you alert it. They don't care about (laughs) Unless he dies, then then they would care. Right. Okay, so in the last chapter of the United States of Trump, I interviewed the president after the uh, Robert Mueller verdict came in. It was the first time that I've ever seen him emotional in the 30 years I've known him. Not crazy emotion, but if you read the last chapter, you'll see the emotion. Okay, I noted that. And now, with impeachment, all right, and every single day, he's guilty of this, he's guilty of that, he did this. And this is a rerun of Mueller. Almost the same wording, the same condemnation, the same conviction without evidence, exactly the same. Groundhog Day. So I'm noticing now that he, President Trump, is starting to lose focus. He's starting to lash out. Now, he, every, they're going to say, look, O'Reilly always lashes out. Twitter, this, that, and the other thing. No, it's different. It, yes. It has been, up until two or three weeks ago, a calculated lash. Now, it's all over the place. And I will submit to you, based upon my knowledge of the man, that this is getting to him. So, this weekend, I'm going to Vermont. Uh, I'm going to try to deliver a little candy to Bernie Sanders. I know he's, uh, he's up there convalescing. I'm actually going to be very close to his mansion. Um, and, but I'm doing it because I need a break. I, I need to get some fresh air. I need to look at the leaves. I need to get a little maple syrup and pour it on my head. I, I need to do that to get away. You see what I mean? Yeah. Trump never gets away. Never. He doesn't sleep. He's a vampire. He has one hobby. He hits the little golf ball, but I think he's bored with that. All right? And he's every day obsessing, and that's the word, about here they come again. I didn't do anything. They're trying to ruin me in another way, and I've got to fight everybody all by myself. 
that's a real tough place to be as a human being. And I want every, all your listeners, who I think most are, are fair-minded, you know, to step back and say, you know, there comes a point in a country's history where the people have to rise up and say, enough. It's 13 months before we vote. 13 months. All of this now is a charade. And, I, I mean, your head will blow off if you try to get in. And, I, and by the way, I did analyze your stuff on Ukraine that you put on the blaze. Mm-hmm. It was very good. I directed all my uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, followers over to it. Thank you. But it, in order to, to digest it, it's, it's like you have to be crazed because there are names or this and that. Nobody knows about Ukraine. And, and so I do the overarch. There is no crime. All right. This is not anything that should be submitted to the House for impeachment vote. It's not there. Maybe it'll be there in two weeks. It's not there now. This is purely a malicious plan to destroy a human being. That's what it is. So let me tell you this, Bill. First of all, you're 100% right. It is getting to him. Um, And it would get, I mean, it's getting to me. I saw what happened yesterday where they arrested uh, two people. The third one, I think, is still uh, out um, and they were arrested and tied to Rudy Giuliani that, oh, my gosh, look at this fundraising was going on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the reason why the FBI and the Southern District of New York, this is your area, Bill. You sh- there's something wrong with the Southern District of New York uh, attorneys, federal attorneys. Um, these guys are the ones that turned down uh, Lusenko and the prosecutors from Ukraine they came and tried to get to the United States, and the embassy, the ambassador of the U.S. embassy in Ukraine, blocked them from getting a visa. They wanted to go meet with the DOJ. They wanted to go meet uh, with our attorney general. They were blocked. Once Trump removed that blockage, they then got visas, and they were told to bring it to the Southern District of New York, and that attorney, uh, those attorneys turned down even looking at the information. They didn't want anything to do with that information. Now these are the same guys who uh, seem to be um, eager to prosecute everything around Donald Trump, even though the main guy is a Trump supporter, supposedly. Um, he is he is now prosecuting these guys and, and uh, going after them on the day before the ambassador is to testify in front of Congress. This is a setup. This is coordinated timing. uh, If I were Donald Trump, once you know the full story, you see how corrupt this deep state is. And it is enough to drive you mad, especially because you can't explain it quickly to people. And, you know, I don't know what William Barr, the attorney general, um, is doing. I don't either. He's the boss. Right. He, he's, he's their boss. So I'm going to let that play out because I don't know. You know a lot more than I do about this. And by the way, that is probably the only subject on the planet <laughs> that you know more than no, me. No, I, I, I knew it. I know it. Well, financial, financial but you, but stuff, you, too. You but know more, more, yeah. more about it than I do. But, but That hurt. That hurt you. That hurt you. Um, it makes no, me no. happy. I, I give credit where credit <laughs> no, is I due. I you know, you did a lot of good work on this, and people should take it seriously and look at it. But you say that this is a coordinated effort. 
And I don't know whether that's true on a micro level, but I do know that the press and the Democratic Party are working together on this impeachment thing. They coordinate, mm-hmm. okay, through K Street. K Street is a, um, a famous avenue in Washington, D.C., where the political action committees are. And, and there are uh, organizations that coordinate information between Democrats and the press, all right? So through K Street, because the press, and I'm talking now the big boys, New York Times, Washington Post, NBC News, CNN, those are the four. They know there's no Democratic candidate that can beat Trump right now. You're watching Elizabeth Warren tell another whopper about she got fired because she was pregnant or any of this. Now we know because of good reporting from the Washington Examiner, that's totally bogus. All right, this goes into her lineage of uh, Native American. Um, So she is, you know, just going to get destroyed if she gets the nomination. Biden... He's already he's been the major casualty of Ukraine. So next Tuesday night, when the New York Times and CNN team up to moderate the debate, the Democratic debate, the fascinating part of that will be, are you going to ask Biden about his son and all of this stuff in China and Ukraine? Are you going to follow up with questions because you know Biden's going to have a prepared answer? Are you going to ask uh, Elizabeth Warren about this other bogus pregnancy thing? No. Are you going to push her on it? What do you think? You think they will? No, I don't think they will. They'll ask Biden, but they won't push him on it because they all say it's a conspiracy theory. And it's right. easy to say so it's a conspiracy question, theory right? if you're. Yeah. So one question. Well, and then uh, Warren, I don't think she even Biden? gets it. How about Warren? Did she get a pregnancy question? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So they're in the tank. um, And if that happens, there's going to be an outcry in the conservative media, which is primarily talk radio, Internet, Um, because Fox News is not in the conservative media anymore that they've not. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait wait a minute. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? Well, it used to be that Fox News had a traditional slant, which means this that the guy who ran the place, Roger Ailes, basically his philosophy was conservatives and traditional Americans are not heard in the media. Correct. Okay, that's how he founded the channel. Mm -hmm. So we all knew, all of us who were working for him, that we had to give voice, not exclusive voice, I certainly didn't, I, I mean, I balanced it out, but we had to give voice to that side. That's gone. What makes you not say that? that? What makes that you say they're that? They're banishing. They're not banishing. All right. They're not saying, "Oh, you're you're conservative or traditional. You can't come on Fox News." There's plenty of conservative and traditionals on there, but the voice that uh, used to be there is not there any longer. So you have a network. It's still pro-Trump in prime time, but not in daytime. Um, and that's an interesting shift, and it's driving. Donald Trump crazy. Here's another thing. Trump lashed out at the Fox News poll. You guys saw that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, instead of doing a factual lash out like he should have done Mm -hmm. and say, did you know that the Fox News poll questions 8% more Democrats than Republicans on impeachment? If you look at the methodology, the Fox News poll asked 8% more Democrats than Republicans. And guess what the margin was 
for impeachment. Eight percent. Oh, what a shock. Nobody knows that because nobody looks at the methodology. I did. But that's what he should have done. Just say, you know, this is bogus. This is a setup. If you're going to ask 8% more of one certain party, then you're going to get 8% gap. That's what you're going to get. Right? Am I, am I crazy? Well, that's a different question. And okay, we're going right. to let the audience the ponder that. It was very long Including there. the extra 8% here in just a second. I'll come back with Bill O'Reilly. You just answer that quietly yourself. You know, just take a couple of seconds. First, let me tell you about... All right, uh, let's go to China. Let's go to China, Bill, and the All NBA. Right. Your thoughts. China NBA. Yeah. Can I give you a plug before we do that? Mm, for me? Sure. Yeah, for you. <laughs> go I, ahead. I just, uh, I just took on uh, realestateagentsitrust.com as a sponsor. Hmm. Just took them on. And um, I, you probably know this, but... We vet our sponsors really, really hard mm-hmm. uh, on BillOReilly.com and the syndicated radio show. We don't yeah. take anybody because we don't have to. We have lots of people uh, wanting to sponsor, and mm-hmm. I can only use so many. But I looked into that. I looked into that organization. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Thank you. He, and you started it or something, <laughs> yes, right? I, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Or something. I mean, I'm, I'm stunned. Yeah. I know. <laughs> all right. Really all good. right. All right. All right. Really? You no, know, I'm the guy who this. gives you backhanded compliments. Beck. It doesn't work the other way around. Beck, they don't have this in China. <laughs> you, you can't get it there. Well, you can't own you a could. house in China, I think. It's uh, too capitalistic. They yeah. Can't get it. Okay. Right, China NBA. But China all NBA. About, all about sneakers. All about billions of dollars. Um, the NBA uh, couldn't care less about uh, Hong Kong uh, or uh, people being put in concentration camps in Red China or uh, human rights abuses or any of that. Right. So doesn't this to... doesn't this pull apart right. all of the stuff that Nike and everybody's like, we're with you. We're with that's the right. we, uh, we're with the right. little people and the social oh, justice. It's all about money. Justice. No, social justice stops. In Oregon and Beaverton, all right? That's where it stops. Can't go any further west with social justice because you'll run into China. Um, but everybody should know there's billions of dollars in business between the National Basketball Association and China because the Chinese love the sneakers. They love basketball. And there's all of that synergy. Mm-hmm. So this guy in Houston, who apparently didn't know that, the general manager of the Rockets, um, says, hey, uh, I support the Hong Kong protesters. Oh, no, no, no. But can you imagine these pinheads in Beijing? Do they not have anything better to do? Who cares if a Houston Rockets GM supports Hong Kong? Oh, Houston now, Rockets are huge are, in China. Huge in China. These guys are mobilizing nuclear submarines because of this guy in Houston? <laughs> Come on. Come on. It just shows you what you're dealing with over there with these people. So, and that's why Trump hasn't been able to get the, the trade deal, which would be good for the entire world, um, because these people are out of their minds. These are loons. I mean, these are Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren times a thousand. So, so, um, so Bill, so Bill, help me yeah. out here. I yeah. think I think this is all coming undone, and I think the NBA is a great example of it. Their hypocrisy was on full display 
And it's because it's all based on a lie and money. Their support of social justice has always been about money. Of They're, course. Right. And so it's all coming undone. And I think the American people have looked at China in a new way for the first time in a long time this week. I don't think the American people, by and large, care about China uh, at all. All right. It's, it's far away. It's not real. Um, they're not involved with geopolitics. If some nation's communist, they don't care. I'm sorry to be, to be negative, so negative, but the majority of Americans, I have to say, I mean, they don't know or care what's going on. Beck. So is this outrage? Is this outrage just media-driven? It's conservative-driven. It's not media-driven. I mean, the, uh, the liberal media doesn't want this story. They don't want to report it. They mention it, but it's not a big story for them. Um, the narrative on the left is basically anything that helps traditional conservative thought is bad, even if it's not bad, even if it's correct. I mean, the Chinese people should be free, 1.5 billion of them. Hong Kong, um, they're trying to renege on the deal. Beijing is trying to renege on the deal that they made with the British to hand over Hong Kong. So, but... Do the average American care? They want their sneakers. They want to watch uh, the Celtics and the Lakers. Is is LeBron James going to go out there with a little headband that says "Free Hong Kong"? You think you're going to see that? When we come back, Mr. Bill O'Reilly will talk to us about what's happening in Turkey. Also, the incredibly insane things that were said on national television last night by the candidates of uh, the DNC. It was nuts. His thoughts coming up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday, which means Bill O'Reilly has uh, joined us with his digest of the week. Uh, Bill, I want to take you now to Syria and Turkey. A lot of people are upset. I'm I'm torn. I actually... Uh, I, I feel very uncomfortable with what we're doing, but I actually agree with what we're doing. I was against getting in bed with these um, these these Marxist Kurds. These are not the Kurds of Iran of Iraq. These are Syrian Kurds, and they are Marxist authoritarian terrorists. Uh, John McCain, when he went over and met with the rebels, and that picture came out, I'm like, these guys are terrorists. What are we doing? So I'm actually glad we're not in business with them anymore. Um, but I, at the same time, you know, ISIS is going to be strengthened by this. Turkey is trying to, re, you know, remake the Ottoman Empire. Where do you stand? And help me understand which way are we going here? You know, I don't think it's a uh, major issue for Americans. And by the way, if you would be kind enough to give me 90 seconds at the end of this segment, I got a really good story for you. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Um, the problem here is that Donald Trump promised when he campaigned for the presidency that he was going to pull U.S. troops out of the unending war syndrome. The Turkey-Kurd-Syrian conflict is an unending war. It's never going to stop. So he, the president, believes that having our forces on the ground there is a deficit. And that he's going to pull them out. It's as simple as that. 
Now, the Kurds did help us in the Iraqi war, and that includes some of them in northern Syria. They aided Saddam, all right, and they helped us. Um, that's a fact. They hate ISIS, and they fight ISIS. But I don't know the extent of Turkey's incursion. There's no reporting on the ground that's accurate. Uh, I don't really know. Now, I know that uh, Erdogan, whatever his name is, is coming to D.C., the Turkish dictator, mm-hmm. um, next week. And I assume that, that Trump is going to say, look, this is what you're going to do, or we'll strangle your economy. So at this point, I'm just basically watching this. All right. Uh, Erdogan is, uh, was the best friend of uh, Barack Obama. He spent more time with Erdogan on the phone than any other world leader, and he even himself said he is my best ally, and, and uh, I turn to him. So the world was set up, uh, the Obama world was set up to assist Turkey, and I was outraged by that at the time. That's not the guy that should be counseling our our president, in my opinion. Um, but uh, that's you know we're we're obviously getting out of that business. Turkey is also a bad player. Let me um, uh, let me then switch to some sound bites. I'd just love to hear your opinion of of what happened yesterday uh, on CNN, and uh, we're bringing it up because nobody watched it. First, let me play um, a comment from Beto last night. Do you think religious institutions uh, like colleges, churches, charities, should they lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose same-sex marriage? Yes. Thoughts on that, Bill? Fascism, um, don't you love it? We love the fascist uh, movement. Um, Beto, I understand, is negotiating with Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Um, <laughs> wasn't there a guy named Beto that ran around? And, I don't think so, but I don't know. No, I think there was back. Okay. <laughs> he had the big, big floppy shoes. Uh, I believe his name was Beto. But anyway, this is the usual fascism. If you don't agree with us, you're a human rights violator, and you should be banished and uh, wear a bell so everywhere you go it rings and people know you're coming. Here's a nine-year-old trans kid asking Elizabeth Warren something. Listen. Sia and his mom, Mimi, who's an advocate for transgender youth and active with the human rights campaign. Jacob is an elementary school student from Massachusetts, likes to play hockey. Jacob. All right, Jacob. Oh, she's so Um, awkward. My name is Jacob, and I'm a nine-year-old transgender American. Uh My question is... All right, Jacob. A nine-year-old transgender... What will you do in your first week as president to make sure that kids like me feel safer in schools? And what do you think schools need to do better to make sure that I don't have to worry about anything but my homework? Comment, Bill? You know, I mean, it's a kid. Um, I can't ever criticize a kid. It's every no, I, situation. You, you, um, you can criticize mom, can't you? A nine-year-old you know, transgender? I, I, I don't like to do that. I'm not in their shoes. I don't know what the kid's been through. I don't know any of that. Um, I, I really don't like to do it. Okay. Do you um, believe it's healthy for a nine-year-old to identify as transgender? I mean, once you're an adult and you you are yes, settled I down. I, un- I understand that The for me, I would raise my children in the gender in which they were born. 
until they were maybe 16 or 17. And if it was a major issue, then we bring in, you know, a psychiatrist, very trained counselors. But I know that these kids who are different get brutalized in school. So what I I, I agree. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and, and, and so I'm, uh, you know, Bill, I'm very kids will br- kids will brutalize kids uh, for being different. They don't have to be transgender. This no, is something that bad, happens with kids. Bad complexion, right? Sure. So what is the what is the role of the president? What will you do to keep me safe? What policy should the president issue? You know, look, um, I. If I'm president, I have the public school system in a much different place than it is now. All right. I mean, that that would take an hour. But it's basically if you're receiving federal funding, there are things you have to do. School uniforms would be number one. Anti-bullying, number two. Um, The president really cannot control personal behavior. That's a local issue. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Okay. Um, Let me go to Warren supporting taxes now for transgender uh, surgery. Here she is. In the 2012 campaign uh, for Senate, you criticized a judge's ruling that granted transition-related surgery to a transgender inmate. You said, I don't think it's a good use of taxpayer dollars. Right. Do you regret that? Yep. No, it was a bad answer. And I, I think it was a bad answer. And I believe that everyone is entitled to medical care and medical care that they need. And that includes people who are transgender, who um, it is the time for them to have gender affirming surgery. Gender I just think that's important. Aff- okay. So I don't think you notice nobody clapped on that because she didn't talk about a pivot point at all. She didn't say, she just said it was a bad answer. Well, what made you change your mind? It was right, just a few right. years ago. It was ago. a bad answer because it's now not politically correct. Correct. Look, correct. Elizabeth Warren doesn't have any core values. She doesn't believe in anything. Come on. I mean, this is ridiculous. The, the woman is just a disaster on every level. So if, by following her logic, all right, the U.S. taxpayer, already $22 trillion in debt, would have to pay for everybody's nose job, everybody's reconstructive surgery on their face, on their body, if they didn't like something about their body, because their self-image is bad, and this would help it. Now, I'm not diminishing anybody's gender uh, problems or gender uh, desires. I I, I don't do that. I, I don't think it's right for me to do it. But if you're going to have a policy where a selected few in America get their surgeries paid for, then everybody has to. All right. Let me give I, you I, I'm going to because I want to save you time. So let me just give you a real quick one here. Um, this is Kamala Harris coming to the stage and uh, Cuomo's in trouble for the what he said right after she introduced herself. Listen, Good to see you, thank you for joining us. How Appreciate it. How are you? And my pronouns right. are she, her, and hers. She, her, and hers. So it's Mine, too. Right. Mine, too. Notice nobody laughs. He makes a joke. Not funny, Bill, to a crowd of people who believe that that's uh, not funny because it could be true for them. Beck, can I ask you and Stu a question? Mm. Yeah. Okay. 
Aren't you confused by all this? I, I don't know what, who, she, what, where, why. I, uh, you know, now you can't even have a conversation because you may put a wrong pronoun in the sentence. Yeah, it's like it's like they've introduced a new official language to the United States without asking us. And we you have know, to. Have, have, it's like if we all decided to go metric, except no one decided. Not even the government decided <laughs> yeah. to right, go metric. I, I mean, I'm walking in, and, you know, my pronouns are she, he, we, we, ah, oh, oh, ah, ah. Um, you know, I took Latin. Uh, I mean, I, I know what the pronouns are. <laughs> just We have reached a state of madness. Madness, madness. Madness in this country. And I hope the voters are just taking a look at who's driving that. I mean, that's all Trump has to run on. Yeah, it look, is. You may not like me, but look at this. Yeah, if he would, if he can control his anger... Um, and and I think righteous indignation on this, and not lash out and just be cool and just go. This is a joke, really. Well, go no, ahead. I wouldn't you can even have say that. It's a joke. I said this is dangerous. Well, yeah, but... and if you value your freedom, you can't yeah. give these people power. Um, and that's you know how we started our conversation that that the president is, I think, really, really reeling from yeah, all is. of these personal attacks, and he needs to walk in the woods. Okay, ninety Quick seconds. Story? Yeah. Okay. So when the United States of Trump came out, I don't know whether you remember, but I said it was unlikely the New York Times would put it at number one on the bestseller list, even though my killing books were all number one. Why? Because Donald Trump's picture is on the cover of the United States of Trump. So presto, the first week the book is out, it sells 110,000 copies, 40,000 copies more than the second book, nonfiction. Okay. Yet, I'm number three on Sunday on the New York Times list. So I asked the publisher, Macmillan, to do an audit, to do an audit of the sales of every nonfiction book in the top ten. I'm far and away the best-selling book, okay? I put the letter, posted the letter from the publisher, the CEO, on BillOReilly.com. This is proof positive that the best-seller list not only in the New York Times, but in uh, the other areas as well, BookScan, is a fraud. It, wait, 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 wait. Well, you're not there. number one on BookScan either? I'm number two, because they didn't count 48,000 advanced sale books on BookScan. 48,000. That's crazy. I mean, come on. That's crazy. So the United States of Trump, we're, we're very pleased because it's such a big bestseller, and, and a lot of that has to do with you and Stu, and I really appreciate it. But if you think that any measure of the media is honest in America these days, it is not. Yeah, I don't it think is it organized is. crime. That's what we have. And they have RICO statutes and put all these people in cuffs. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there right, you go. There it is. Bill O'Reilly. Have, have a great Columbus Day weekend. <gasps> all right. Yesterday, uh, there was a story that people didn't really pay attention to. The U.S. attorney for the Southern District of uh, New York arrested four men. Uh, the indictment lists four businessmen and U.S. citizens. Two were born in Ukraine, one in Belarus. Uh, three of them were arrested yesterday as they were headed towards the Washington Dulles Airport. Uh, they had one-way tickets out of the country. It looked like they were leaving, and that's why we, uh, we nailed them, I guess. Um, they look like they have been um, creating bogus companies to f uh, funnel large donations uh, into a pro-Trump super PAC. Uh, but 
I think the real thing that happened that is important here is that two of these guys gave $20,000 last year to Pete Sessions, the Texas uh, Republican congressman. And the donation, according to the FBI, was an effort to influence Sessions to help in causing the U.S. government to remove or recall the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. Uh, The donation was at least in part a request uh, of one or more Ukrainian government officials. All right. So did he do that? Well, Sessions actually did write a letter to the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, encouraging the removal of that ambassador. And if you watched our chalkboard, you know why. Um, This ambassador was removed by Donald Trump uh, and removed at the request or the uh, endorsement of the new Ukrainian president who also removed his ambassador because the two were working together uh, in this DNC scandal. Um, And so they were both removed. And if you listen to the audio tape that Donald Trump made... That was the president of Ukraine, the current president, saying, you've got to remove him, and I know I thank you for removing her, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, this is this move, I think, was made yesterday because that ambassador is testifying today, and this just muddies the water of anything she might say. See, look, Ukrainians are playing dirty, just trying to get this poor woman removed, when that is not the story. I think something's wrong with the Southern District of New York.